Hi, everyone, and welcome to this 11th episode of the Emotional Inheritance of Parenting show. Thanks for tuning in. What's in store for today? Today's episode is called What to Do When Your Child Lies. Now, we're going to step back for a minute before the highly desired how-tos that we parents always want, right? We're going to step back before the what to do, how to do it, to an important question. Why do children lie? The focus of this episode is to help you as a parent understand why children lie and how to minimize, we can't eliminate, the likelihood of lying. Remember, conscious parenting isn't about producing perfect little robots that are going to do everything we want them to. Conscious parenting is first and foremost about growth, ours and our children's. So let's tackle this important topic that can naturally bring up a lot of questions for us as parents. Here we go. Hi, welcome. You're listening to the Emotional Inheritance of Parenting Show, your podcast for raising children with love, mindfulness, and emotional presence. My name is Karemi. I'm a certified conscious parenting coach and a mother, and it's a pleasure to have you join. So when you heard me say in the beginning, we're going to talk about how to minimize the likelihood of our children lying to us and that we can't eliminate it, what came up for you? Did you think, wait a minute, I don't want my children to lie ever to me. What do you mean minimize? (laughs) Did that come up for you as you heard me say that? If so, I get it. We want our children to always be honest because honesty is so important, very important quality in life, and because we want them to feel safe enough to come to us for anything, right? I get it. But they, just like us, are human, and they will, just like us, lie on occasion. So let's focus on why children lie, and then we'll get to what you can do when your child lies. As you already know, more often than not, children lie when they did something they know isn't right. And their lie is intended to cover up what they did in order to avoid our disapproval or to avoid something else, punishment, our yelling, our criticism, our labeling them, etc. So they're protecting themselves against something they don't want and they see the lying as a way to do that. Before we go to the how to handle a child that tells a lie, let's introspect for a minute and ask ourselves this. When do we tell lies? Please take a moment and think about this. As you're driving or exercising or doing things around the house, please take a moment and think about this. When do you feel the need to tell a lie? Some examples that parents have shared with me before about why they, as adults, have lied include when we're afraid we're going to get in trouble, when we want to avoid shame, when we feel we're going to be judged for what we feel or for what we did, when we want to avoid a consequence, when we want to avoid criticism or punishment. These are the exact same reasons our children lie. And we as adults can add other more complex reasons or justifications to the mix, right? Such as denial, which is a form of lying to ourselves, not just to others, because we're afraid of facing the truth about something or justifying our lies with rationalization that it was okay to lie for whatever reason we came up with. So we've gone through some reasons children lie. 
Now, how do we as parents address the lying? There are several things we can do. First, don't have the goal of eliminating lies. They're going to happen from time to time. They're human. We're human. On occasion, a lie, for example, about having eaten three cookies instead of two, or a lie about having brushed their teeth when in fact they didn't, those kinds of lies on occasion will happen. What we want to build is the honesty so that lies don't become a habit and so that our children don't lie about important things such as stealing, having hurt someone, or cheating on a test, among other things. Second, think about how this applies to you. When do we feel we can be honest? When do we feel safe enough to show that we messed up? Such as with a close friend or with our partner. If we have a trusting, healthy relationship with our partner, we feel safe enough to confess something we might have done that we know wasn't right. This is what we want to create in our children. We want to create a safe emotional space in our home for the truth to come out. For their knowing that we're going to help them fix something or address their mistake. For their knowing that we will set a limit if necessary, but with our guidance, not with our rage. Otherwise, they won't be honest. They'll still make mistakes like all children, like all humans. We just won't find out about them. Or we will find out about them, but much later, because we had to do some investigating rather than finding out from our children directly. So our focus needs to be on creating an emotional container for our children to confess what they've done, when they've done something they weren't supposed to, or when they haven't done something they were supposed to do. Otherwise, we won't be able to support them in building their skills for addressing their mistakes, and they won't learn anything. They'll just learn to avoid for fear of the consequence. As I mentioned in episode 8, titled Five Not-So-Obvious Don'ts for Building Emotional Health in Children, we want to create that baseline mentality in our home that mistakes are a part of life, and we're going to learn from them, not rage about them or criticize or shame each other for making them. This creates a sense of safety in our children around coming to us when they've made mistakes. So we focus on helping them address their mistakes and seeing mistakes as a learning opportunity for several reasons. One, so they can develop skills for the future. Two, so they don't internalize a feeling of shame about themselves for having done something wrong. Three, so they don't feel they're bad or that we don't accept them when they do something wrong. And four, so they don't keep little things now and big things later from us out of fear of our reaction. So as parents, we want to focus on how we respond around the making of mistakes. Second, we want to focus on how we respond to them when they do tell the truth about having done something they weren't supposed to. Give them lots of positive reinforcement when they're truthful about having done something they weren't supposed to do. You can say something like, I'm proud of you for telling the truth. It's not easy sometimes to tell the truth when you're afraid someone's going to get angry with you. Thank you for being honest. Telling the truth is so important. Now let's talk about what happened. Notice I said talk and not let's yell about what happened. It's hard. Believe me, I understand if you're thinking, but wait a minute, I get so angry when my kid repeatedly does the exact thing I told him not to. And now I'm supposed to congratulate him for telling me the truth that he did it again. That can't be right. That's positive reinforcement for the wrong behavior. If you're thinking this, 
please know it's your frustration talking. And I get it. We all experience so many moments of frustration with our children in a single day. Then if you add up days and months of feeling frustrated, it can feel overwhelming. I get it. But let's remember, we're raising humans here. We're working to guide a whole human, not to control or to fix someone, but to guide a human that has needs, that has feelings, and who's working with an underdeveloped brain. Emotionally, our children need to feel safe to come to us with the best and the worst versions of themselves and still feel loved and unconditionally accepted for who they are while they see that we won't always accept their behaviors. Neurologically, meaning their brain development, our children need to practice, practice skill building for how to respond the next time they face a similar situation, meaning addressing their mistakes. That's where we come in with our limit setting and our guidance. Our rage, our criticism, our yelling, our labeling them won't build any skills in them. It will only create more emotional separation between you and your child. And in your child, it will only create more and more a sense of, I want to protect myself from this reaction next time. So for example, let's say your child breaks something because they were playing, kicking a ball inside the house, and you've told them many times not to play with the ball inside the house. You don't know if they broke it. You just walk downstairs and see a broken flower pot. What response from you would set a necessary limit while building their skills for addressing their mistakes and their impulse control skills, meaning controlling their impulse of wanting to play with the ball inside the house, while fostering their honesty? You can see we have a lot of things we want to address here, right? So we want to set a limit about playing with the ball inside the house. We want to build their skills for addressing their mistakes. We want to build their impulse control skills, and we also want to foster their honesty about what they did, about when they do something they weren't supposed to. You can say something like, what happened to the flower pot? You wait for an answer. In this example, let's say your child tells you the truth, and they say, I broke it when I kicked the ball. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break it. You can say, thank you for telling me the truth. Telling the truth is so important. I am proud of you for being honest about doing something you weren't supposed to do. This happened because playing in the house with a ball can break things. I see that having the ball inside the house is very tempting for you, and you still play with it inside the house. We're going to have to have the ball outside from now on. You can only have it outside from now on and play with it outside. So far, You've created a safe emotional container for them to continue to be honest. You acknowledged that telling the truth is very important. You've also set a new limit that can address this not happening again. Whereas before the limit was no playing with the ball inside the house, but the ball could still be in the house, say in the room for example, now the limit is the ball can only be outside because their impulse control is just not there yet to see a ball and not play with it. So we step in as parents and place the ball in the place where it is okay to throw it and kick it, etc. Next, to build their skills in addressing their mistakes, you can say, let's grab a broom and clean this up. I'll show you how to carefully pick up a broken flower pot. 
You can grab a paper bag or a plastic bag and throw the broken pieces in there. So you've set the limit, you've acknowledged how important honesty is, and you've made your child feel they did the right thing by telling you the truth. You've addressed the fact that their impulse control is just not there yet neurologically to see a ball and not grab it and play with it. So you've taken it outside and you've taught them how to address their mistake, helping clean it up. Remember, when I mention their impulse control skills are just not fully there yet, as I've mentioned in other episodes, the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that's in charge of impulse control, emotional regulation, among other things. And this part of the brain begins to develop around age three to three and a half and doesn't finish developing until the mid-twenties. So our children need lots of support and practice to develop their impulse control skills, and they need our understanding of where they're at developmentally. Just like we can't expect a baby who's learning to walk to never, ever fall again just because they've already learned to walk a few steps, just like we can't expect a young child to always spell a word correctly just because they've spelled it correctly before, We can't expect or demand that a young child or even an older child always refrain from doing something that's fun to them just because they've gotten a handle on that impulse before. They need our continued guidance and we need to allow for development to unfold. So in this example, you didn't shame, you didn't yell, you didn't label them as clumsy for breaking the flower pot, etc. Now, what would you create If you yelled something like, who did this? Who broke this flower pot? And your child, a little scared, said, I did. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I was just playing with the ball. And you replied, what? How many times have I told you not to play with the ball inside the house? Look at what you did. I'm taking this ball from you for a month. You can't play with it anymore. Go to your room. What do you think would happen here? Lots of things, right? First, your child would feel so much shame. Not guilt, shame. Guilt is the feeling that, ooh, I did something wrong here. Shame is an overwhelming feeling of something being wrong or defective about the self. A feeling of, I am bad, not I did something wrong. A feeling of, I'm clumsy, or my mom hates me, not my mom is upset that her flower pot is broken. There's a big difference in what a child internalizes. Second, with this second response, do you think you'd be building any skills in your child for addressing their mistakes? No. Even if you yelled at them to clean up, all they would feel as they cleaned up would be so much sadness for being yelled at, so much shame for feeling that mom or dad hates them, because that's naturally what any child feels when they're being yelled at or labeled as clumsy or disobedient. Also, As they cleaned the mess or as they sat in the room, they'd be thinking about how they feel, how angry they are at you for being so unfair to take the ball from them and not let them play with it anymore. They wouldn't be thinking about what they did. They'd only be thinking about how they feel. And lastly, would they want to be honest the next time around? Absolutely not. What kid would want to say the truth the next time around, knowing it's going to create rage and yelling and punishment from their parents, right? They'll blame their sibling or say they don't know what happened or who did it. Anything to avoid the feeling they felt last time. Also, there would be no skill building in impulse control. 
Our child wouldn't learn that sometimes when something is so tempting, like playing with a ball inside the house, the best thing to do is to put it where it is safe to play with it. They would just feel they're bad for what they did. So remember, we are not here to fix problems. We're raising humans. Keep in mind your goals as a parent when you come across situations like these. And I totally get it. I understand it is so hard when in the moment, we literally want to get all this anger out. But this is where a mindfulness practice comes in for us. Learning to take a step back and go to the bathroom maybe to breathe so we can come out ready to teach a lesson, not lash out our rage. This is where addressing our childhood wounds comes in. If we've learned that getting yelled at and criticized or labeled only made us feel worthless or not good enough, then we'll know not to repeat that cycle with our children once we've made sense of it and healed our own pain from childhood. If we can bring our adult self, not our rageful, childlike, reactive self to the situation, we'll create such an important space for growth, skills, and connection with our children. Our children first and foremost need to build a healthy sense of self. A healthy sense of self can internalize, hmm, I made a mistake here. What I did here was wrong, and it's not okay that I did that. Next time this happens, I can do this instead. But our children will only build that skill, the muscle of responding differently the next time around, gradually, with our guidance, our support, our firm limits, but not with our shaming are yelling, or with our punishments. Now, what could you say if, in the same scenario, you walk downstairs and you see the broken flower pot and ask your child what happened and you know they broke it because you see the ball right there and no one else is there and you know they broke it. But when you ask them, they say it wasn't them. What can you say in that case to gradually build your child's honesty? First, I would recommend asking yourself, how have I, as mom or dad, responded or reacted when my son or my daughter has done something I've told them not to do? What has been my default go-to reaction? Perhaps your answer is that you've usually yelled or criticized with words such as, what were you thinking? Can't you see you're not supposed to do that? What is wrong with you? If you see that these have been your usual responses, then just think to yourself this. Don't see your child as a liar and how he or she is going to become a dishonest person who won't fit in society and they're going to have all sorts of problems in the future. We can come up with the worst case scenarios in a matter of milliseconds as parents, right? All of us go there sometimes. Don't do that. Don't project anxiously into the future. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve your child. Be here. Be in the right here, right now. What is happening right now? My child is trying to protect herself, protect himself from feeling what they've felt before when they've been caught doing something they weren't supposed to, or when they've told the truth about doing something they weren't supposed to. Before I respond, what is my goal? Ask yourself this. I want my child to be honest, so I need to build that connection for her or him to feel safe being honest with me. I want to set a limit because clearly he's still playing with the ball inside the house. I also want him to learn to address his mistakes. Okay, how can I build all this? Since in this scenario your child didn't tell you the truth, 
It's not recommendable to say, I don't believe you, or to say, tell me the truth now or you're going to be in even more trouble. Dr. Tina Bryson, co-author with Dr. Daniel Siegel of several best-selling parenting books based on the science of brain development, she recommends saying something like this when you know your child is lying. Basically, talk about trust. It's really important that you tell me what really happened so I can believe you when you tell me things. She describes how when her children were around the age of six, she was able to use an analogy about a glass full of her trust in their words, and that when they lie, some of that trust evaporates. With the glass emptier, it's harder to trust. But when they tell her the truth, especially when it's hard to, the glass fills up and she can trust them more. Using these kinds of analogies is very helpful with children, especially young children. You can also say to your child when you know they're not telling you the truth, let's pause for a moment. It's so important to me that you tell the truth. I'm going to give you a minute to think about what happened. That way you can tell me the truth so we can keep trusting each other. Dr. Tina Bryson also recommends that if a young child still persists in lying, you can say you really want to listen, but perhaps it's best to wait to tell the story when she's feeling ready to tell the truth and then make sure you come back to it to give your child a chance. Then, to really affirm how brave you can be to tell the truth, and explaining that when your child tells the truth, it makes your trust stronger. You can also read a story to your child about the boy who cried wolf, and what happens when someone constantly lies. Then people don't believe what they say. So stories help, analogies help, for sure. But the most important thing, as you might have guessed, is the relationship you build with your child. How you make them feel when they make mistakes and when they come to you with the truth about their mistakes. In their book, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk, Adel Faber, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, and Elaine Maslish, they make this point of how important it is to build in our children the skills to address their mistakes rather than punish them or lash out at them when they make mistakes. Otherwise, they develop a self-protection behavior through lying or omitting to tell the truth by staying silent, another form of lying. The authors say, why would we be surprised that in a moment of crisis, our children's first thoughts turn to self-protection rather than how to fix the problem? We have trained them to expect that our response to their misdeeds is to punish them. The challenge for us is to find some response to misbehavior that actually inspires change instead of hanging on to the old ways that cause resentment and, more important, distract from the real problem." End quote. Now, you might be asking, wait a minute, shouldn't there be consequences for children who continue to misbehave? How will they learn if they don't have any consequences? Here's where I would like to remind you to keep in mind that the word consequence is not synonymous with punishment. Remember, a natural consequence, a logical consequence, and a punishment are all different things. Please, if you haven't already, listen to episode two, Why Punishments Don't Serve Your Child's Growth or Their Relationship with You. You'll get lots of questions clarified about punishments and many alternatives to punishments so you can truly foster your child's development and their relationship with you. So remember, what's really the most important thing for us? That our children be honest with us or that they don't make mistakes? 
I know the question sounds silly, but if we're honest, we usually communicate to our children that they're not making mistakes is what matters most to us. And we communicate this through our actions or rather our reactions to them when we find out they did something we hate, right? If we're usually in a cranky mood and start yelling and saying things to them, such as, why did you leave the sink all wet and such a mess everywhere in the bathroom? All I asked you to do was to go brush your teeth so you could be ready for school. Or why do you keep being like that? Or things like, you're causing so many problems in the family. What are they thinking in response to our reaction? They're thinking something like, my mom yells and gets furious when I do something she hates. I don't want to feel she hates me. If we continue to respond in these ways to our children's mistakes or to their actions that we find intolerable or annoying, what behavior do you think is going to feel very enticing for them to save themselves from feeling ashamed, embarrassed, bad the next time they do something that they know we would get very upset about? They're most likely going to lie. Lie about having done something they shouldn't have done. So think about this question. Like I said, I know it sounds silly, like, duh, of course my priority is honesty. But what's really the most important thing for us? That our children be honest with us or that they don't make the kinds of mistakes we feel triggered by? I'm sure your answer is honesty. So then we need to embody that. We need to model through our actions, not just with our words saying it's very important to be honest and to tell the truth, but model with our actions that their honesty is more important to us than a mistake they might have made. This way, they can feel safe enough to come to us with the truth about something they did. And then we teach the lesson. We guide them in problem solving, in addressing their mistake, in cleaning up, in fixing what they broke, in apologizing to someone they hurt. In perhaps, if they're old enough, helping to pay for something they broke, etc. So, as a recap, how can we increase the likelihood that they'll tell the truth? By serving as an emotional container for them when they make a mistake. By being consistent in our responses when they do things they shouldn't do. Meaning, establishing the limit, but without the rage, or the yelling, or the labeling, or the criticism. This way, children gradually learn that they will get limits, but there won't be a feeling of shame accompanying the limit. There won't be constant rage on the part of mom and dad when they find out what they did. And give lots of positive reinforcement for being honest and telling them it's brave to be honest about their mistakes. Tell them you'd rather have them tell you the truth about something, even if you're not going to like what they did, than to have them keep something from you that you need to know or that's important for you to know. Did you find this episode helpful? I hope you did. If you've been finding value in the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you could just share it with one parent who you think could benefit from it. Just send them a link, send them a text and say, hey, check out this podcast, you might like it. Post about it on social, whatever you want to do. Send them a DM because the best way that you can help other parents grow, just like all of us as parents are growing, is by sharing it with other parents so they feel support, so they gain valuable knowledge, so they feel a little less lonely. So if you could do that, I would be very grateful. Thanks for tuning in and I'll be here next week.